0: Hey everyone, Dr. Richard Lai here with Study Acupuncture With Me, and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, I welcome you. Uh, Let me introduce myself to you. My name is Richard Lai. I have my doctorate in physical therapy, and I'm an acupuncturist. I live on the East Coast of the United States of America, and I specialize in orthopedic as well as neurological treatments for both physical therapy and acupuncture. I also teach at a school in New Jersey in both the biomed department as well as the acupuncture department in fact i just got off teaching acupuncture channels and points level three so if you don't see me on social media running around chasing my daughter um, i'm usually either working on video editing or i'm in the gym Uh, so that's a little bit about me and i'm going to be releasing a podcast every single week and so through this i hope to learn more and more about all of you also through the youtube videos i put out so Be sure to find me on YouTube, study acupuncture with me, and also reach out to me on all social medias. I manage everything myself. I don't have any social media manager. So if you send a message to me and you get a hello back, that's actually me. So before we get into this podcast episode, I want to take some time to just share some reviews and some emails that people have left me. And I really hold this close to my heart. So I want to share it with everyone. And if you want to be featured or want to shout out on a future episode, Drop a review on Apple Podcast or email me through my website at studyaccuwithme.com. This next review comes from a direct message from Emily. I don't know Emily, so thank you, Emily, for taking the time to say these kind words. And I think we can all take a page out of Emily's book and just take 30 seconds to a minute to just really appreciate someone in our life. Uh, Emily sent this message saying, Hi, Dr. Lai. I stumbled across your podcast in a desperate attempt to find study resources and motivation. And thank God I did. It's been so helpful to get another perspective and your addition of study tips has been a game changer for me. I have a hard time balancing studying versus, well, everything else. So listening to your podcast while doing dishes, driving, Walking my dog has made me so much more productive. I know you haven't released new episodes in quite some time, but I just wanted to thank you and say if you ever decide to come back to it, I'll be in the lookout for new content. (sighs) Well, Emily, I'm back. Hey everyone, Dr. Richard Lai here with Study Acupuncture with me. Where have I been? I know, I know. Where have you all been? I missed me too. Regardless of where I've been, I hope that you've all been really well, and I hope that everyone in your life is happy and healthy as can be, and I hope that you're all also happy and as healthy as can be. So I'm back, and this is an exciting episode. Today we're going to talk about Lung 7. But before we get into that, let's start off this episode just like we usually do. I like to start every episode off with a quote, and today's quote comes from this book called The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. And the quote is, yes, but you make a huge difference. So this book, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse, it's really a good read. It's a short read, and it's a good read for anyone if you're 8 or if you're 80. Um, It's all pictures with a couple sentences that bring you sort of into this, like, Huh, into this thinking moment and this this picture really it really hit me so if you're driving if you're on a treadmill i'll i'll describe the picture for you the book starts off with this beautiful line drawing of this little boy and he's holding out in his arms straight out there's a little mole and the mole is saying to the boy i'm so small and the boy responds or actually the boy acknowledges he says yes but you make a huge difference. So it's really interesting to me because the boy acknowledges first the mole's insecurity, and then the boy helps the mole sort of realize that that insecurity, it's actually a strength. And that really spoke to me because I'm not sure if you feel this way, but sometimes I do. Like sometimes I feel really helpless or I feel really inadequate, you know, especially when I compare myself to another YouTuber, you know, this YouTuber, or that podcaster, or whatever, like, they have so many followers, well, they get so many comments, etc., and I'm like, I'm so small, (laughs) Um, but, you know, there's that little voice that now speaks and says, yes, but you make a huge difference, so keep going. So yes, we're all small, yes, we're one person, and yes, there's 8 billion plus people on this planet, but we can make a huge difference. So let's show up for ourselves and let's make a difference every day in our own lives. And let's take time to spread some positivity to someone else as well, because you never know how much they really needed that day. All right, so why don't we get into Lung 7 now? All right, so let's talk about lung seven. So today we're gonna talk about the point functions of lung seven. We're gonna talk about where it is. We're gonna talk about what it does and why it's able to do what it does. So let's first talk about where it's located. So wherever you are right now, if you are driving, please be careful driving. If you're doing the dishes or running on the treadmill, I think it's safe for you to sort of look at your right palm right now. So everyone, take a look at your right palm, open your hand as wide as you can, flip it down so you see the back of your hand, and you'll notice that at your thumb, you've sort of created this pocket with these two tendons at the base of your thumb. These two tendons pop out and create this sort of pocket there. And that's actually called your anatomical snuffbox. An anatomical snuffbox. And in that anatomical snuffbox, right smack dab in the center of that snuffbox is where large intestine 5 is. And lung 7 is located 1.5 soon proximal to large intestine 5, which is, again, literally right in the center of that snuffbox. So the borders of the anatomical snuffbox are two extensor tendons. You have your extensor pollicus longus and you have your extensor pollicus brevis. So one's a longus and one's a brevis. And one of the tendons, the one that's closer to lung 9, that's the one that's called extensor pollicis brevis. So there's actually two tendons at the bottom. There's extensor pollicis brevis, and there's also abductor pollicis longus. Make sure you go to the YouTube version of this podcast, and you'll actually see me describing all of this. And don't be scared, right? As you're hearing all these big words and these crazy words, right? Because we learn crazier words in acupuncture school. Anatomy is really easy because the name literally tells you exactly what it does, right? Like the for example, anatomical snuffbox, it has two borders, extensor pollicis longus and extensor pollicis brevis, right? A top and bottom border. Pollicis or pollicis is just a fancy Latin word for thumb. And extensor, of course, means extends. So you put it together, extensor pollicis longus, extends, extends the thumb, longus. Longus just means it's a longer muscle than the brevis, which is a shorter muscle. So bada bing, bada boom, right? The other one, right, where extensor pollicis brevis is, abductor pollicis longus, that's where that one is. What does that one mean? What does that do? It abducts, right, abductor the pollicis, which is your thumb, and it's long, right? All right, so let's go back to the location. So location of Lung 7, 1.5 soon proximal to Large Intestine 5. Large Intestine 5 is smack dab right in the middle of the anatomical snuffbox. The borders of the anatomical snuff box are those two extensors, extensor pollicis longus and extensor pollicis brevis. Oh, you know what? What should you watch out for inside the anatomical snuffbox when you're needling it, when you're needling LI5? And the number one answer on the survey board is the cephalic vein. Uh, but you also have a, a couple other things in there that you should avoid, like the radial artery, for example. And then the radial nerve also goes superficial in this area. That's why you can tenel it, right? You can actually aggravate it through tapping, which is called the tonel test. But again, the number one answer is still going to be the cephalic vein. So for Lung 7, it's 1.5 proximal to large intestine 5. And it says that it's in this cleft, right, this cleft between the brachioradialis tendon and the abductor pollicis longus tendon. So how do you find this point? So when you palpate your patient, you first find their LI5 which is smack dab right in the center of the anatomical snuffbox, which has two borders, the extensors of extensor pollicis longus and extensor pollicis brevis. I say it over and over again so you get some neuroplasticity, and I hope you're saying it with me as well. So you find their LI5, smack dab in the center of the anatomical snuff box, has two borders, extensor pollicis longus and extensor pollicis brevis. And then you slide your finger proximally right up their forearm, not too far, 1.5 soon. And you should feel your fingers slide into this cleft. It's the best word for it. It slides in between these two tendons, the tendon of abductor pollicus longus and your brachioradialis tendon, which is, you know, part of your wrist extensors. It's where your doctor would do like a brachioradialis reflex test. So as long as you slide your finger slowly, you should feel it split, and your finger will fall into this clef, which is about 1.5 soon away from Li5. Okay, so that's where it is. So now, what does it do? So what do we use Lung7 for? So first, let's talk about sort of categorically what it is. It is a lull point, right? And Low points, we know, yes, they connect interior and exterior related channels. We also know that low points, they will spread somewhere. They will influence a certain specific area, sometimes a little further, sometimes very close. In lung seven's case, it spreads very close. It goes right to your thenar eminence. It spreads across the thenar eminence. What is the thenar eminence? The thenar eminence is on your palm. So if you look at your palm, and you sort of make this claw grip, like a bear, like grrr, you'll see two bulges, right? One bulge on your pinky side and one bulge on your thumb side. The one on your pinky side, that one is called the hypothenar eminence. And the one on your thumb side, that one is called the thenar eminence. That's the one we're talking about now. It's bigger, it's not hypo. So lung seven spreads to this area. So Lung 7, you can use to treat any of those manifestations that crop up in that area. For example, heat, right? If somebody is having pain there, swelling there, right? Or any other things with local qi and blood stagnation. You can use Lung 7 as the low point, as that influence to that area. Um, we also know that Lung 7 is the lower connecting point, and it connects the large intestine channel with the lung channel. So that's the interior-exterior relation. And so this connection actually also explains the command point category of Lung 7, right? Lung 7 is a command point. It affects the head. It affects the nape of the neck or the back of the neck. So as the command point, this connection, right? So as the low point, this connection explains why it is a command point and how it affects the head, and the nape of the neck. Because we know the lung channel doesn't go very far up, right? It goes to lung 1, right, as high as the body. It doesn't even go into the neck or the head. But large intestine channel does, right? It goes up across the neck, goes up across the nose, etc. So that's why you can use lung 7 to affect the head and the nape of the neck. <clears throat> Another primary function of Lung 7 is to release the exterior and to expel wind. And so I ask my students this all the time, right? What does release the exterior even mean, right? Like you hear it all the time, release the exterior, you know, release the exterior. What does it mean? So first we have to know what is the exterior. And, you know, the students will say, oh, it's the skin, which is right, right? Which is right. Well, we can also say that the exterior is this area between the skin and the muscles, otherwise known as the toli. And what's in the toli? The toli is where our wei qi circulates, right? What does the wei qi do? The wei qi is our defensive qi, right? Our defensive qi has a defensive aspect, but it also it warms us too, right? It warms us. Keeps us warm. So, when wind invades your body because you didn't listen to your mom and put on a scarf, and then it invades into the exterior, and the Wei Qi of the exterior gets obstructed, and you get all these chills because you're not warm from the Wei Qi. And on top of that, the lung governs this exterior area. So, that invasion of wind is going to disrupt the function of the lung. And we know the function of the lung is to descend and disperse, right? It also has a function to circulate the Wei Qi. It also has a function to control the pores. So when you go back to your six stages and review that, those chills and fevers like that makes so much more sense now, right? Because of this disruption. So we have release the exterior, right? Get the wind out not let it go any further into your body and bring whatever else with it and cause you know your sickness to get even worse. This is basically the stage where you're complaining to everyone around you saying, oh, man, I feel like I'm coming down with something, right? This is the prime time to get treatment to release the exterior and expel that wind, which is the primary function of Lung 7. So another function, right, Besides releasing the exterior and expelling wind, is that we can pacify wind with lung seven, right? We have wind invasion, wind B to be specific, right? Like in painful obstruction syndrome, where you have pain, you know, moving from joint to joint, from place to place, you know, it hurts here now, now it hurts there later. Lung seven can pacify the wind and any other symptoms of wind invasion. So like other symptoms of wind invasion, right, besides chills, fever, you know, pain moving, yada yada, there's also stiffness, there's also headache, specifically like one-sided headache, right, and even symptoms like in the face, like twitching of the mouth, uh, twitching of muscles in the face, Lung 7 has an action to pacify that kind of wind. And lung seven also has an action we talked about before, which is the command point. It benefits the head and the back of the neck because it's a command point. So any of those wind manifestations that we were just talking about can be treated using this point. Lung seven can also regulate the water passages, and it also has an effect on phlegm. So remember, we talked before about how wind invades. Wind disrupts everything going on in the exterior, where that Wei Qi is located, where Lung governs, where Lung has this main function, which is to descend and disperse. So if something is disrupting the area that the Lung is governing, the function of Lung, which is to descend and disperse, is going to become impaired. So the Lung should be descending fluids down. It should be descending it down to the bladder, right? Anyway, down in general. But if that function is disrupted, then your patient's going to have some swelling. They're going to have some edema. And that edema can build up in their chest cavity. It can build up in their arms. Similarly to like when someone has pulmonary edema in congestive heart failure. So Lung 7 is strongly suggested in releasing the exterior. And it's also strongly suggested in getting the lung back to doing what it's supposed to do, which is to descend and disperse the fluid and get the water under control. And that brings us back to how it affects phlegm. Because the lung's function is disrupted, then the descending and dispersing of fluids isn't going to happen efficiently. So that's going to cause phlegm to build up. So our patient's going to be coughing up phlegm. They're going to have congestion in the chest. So that's why Lung 7 has an action to pacify phlegm and then lastly but not leastly lung 7 also has an important role in the conception vessel right the renmai in fact it's the opening point of the renmai and that's why it opens and regulates the conception vessel so anything that has to do with the conception vessel like the uterus any uterus issues genitals any genital issues urinary issues all of that can be affected using lung seven because it opens the conception vessel. All right, so that was a lot of information, but I hope it helped you understand lung seven. I hope it helped you understand the lung, understand the T'oli, the Wei Qi, how all that relates to each other with the function of the lung, how an invasion will impair, will disrupt all of that function how it all connects together. I hope it all makes sense now. I hope that you got this, you understand it fully. And just a reminder, there will be a YouTube video version of this episode. So please be sure to check that out. Add a lot of fun recording again, sharing this again, creating content again. So I'm just, I'm just really excited to be creating again. So please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, find my YouTube channel, Study Acupuncture With Me, make sure you subscribe there as well and take some time to leave some love on Apple podcast reviews. Leave a comment on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. That really helps out the channel as well. And until next time, God bless and happy studying.